Welcome back to In The Loop, a podcast by Cowood of at EMC. I'm Jacob Manis, and today I'm joined by special guest Greg Wright, who is the Senior Director of Communities and Economic Development here at Cowood of at EMC. We're going to be talking to Greg about how our members benefit from having cooperative leadership actively involved in government relations, some of the current challenges electric cooperatives are facing, and some of the organizations we partner with who aim to protect the interest of electric cooperatives and their members. So let's get started. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jacob. Glad to be here. Greg, I think many of our members would be surprised to know that cooperatives such as ours have an active interest in governmental affairs. Prior to working at the EMC, it was of my opinion that only for-profit utilities had any interest in government relations. Greg, if you would, can you please explain to our members, have cooperatives always been politically involved or is this something new? Well, you know, if you look at the history of cooperatives, you know, we were created through the Rural Electrification Act back in the 1930s. So it's only natural that that uh, co-ops and EMCs are going to be involved in the in the political process. Um, you know, we take an active interest in it because it impacts our members directly. You know, we're a member-owned cooperative, so anything that a local government, a state government, a federal government does uh, can impact our bottom line, and that directly impacts our members. So, uh, you know, we take it very seriously uh, of being involved in government relations, uh, and uh, we think that that benefits our members in the long run. How do we stay in touch with our elected officials? Um, a lot of it's just communication, uh, you know, reaching out to them, making sure they know who we are, what we do. Uh, so when an issue comes up, uh, you know, we're in a position to communicate directly with them um, and that they communicate with us. Uh, you know, there have been numerous times uh, over my time here at Galway Defayette EMC when, you know, the General Assembly will be uh, meeting in a committee or even meeting on the floor uh, for business. And I'll get a text or get a phone call from one of our uh, members of our delegation asking a question, asking advice, uh, because they, they want to make sure they're making the best decision they can, uh, not only for the district, but for uh, the state of Georgia. And we're part of uh, that process where they can they can learn things from us about issues that, that might impact us, might impact our members, and they, you know, they want to make the right decision, uh, and they want to have all the information that they can uh, when they make those decisions. That's true. Information is very important. Yeah. And having that partnership with those you know, representatives and stuff, I'm sure, is, I mean, it's beneficial. you got to have someone there that advocates for you. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, you know, making sound decisions, mm-hmm. uh, what challenges are we currently facing and what is being done to overcome those issues? You know, uh, one of the ones that we've been, been watching the last couple of years has been uh, the discussion about rural broadband and pole attachments. Uh, cable and telecom companies have been making an argument uh, over the years years that one of the main reasons that broadband has not been extended into rural areas is because of the cost to attach to EMC poles in the state of Georgia. Um, we respond by, by saying that um, it, it's more of a per-mile cost than anything else because you've got people farther apart in rural areas. It's more expensive for those cable companies to to uh, go into those areas and provide that service. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've been, been watching that over the last couple of years. The General Assembly passed a, a, a bill back uh, last year uh, instructing the uh, Georgia Public Service Commission to review all of the issues related to 
pole attachments and, and rural broadband. Uh, they did that. Uh, they uh, basically came back and, and said that EMCs were not being compensated enough for the attachments to the poles. Uh, but to help uh, promote rural broadband, uh, the PSC approved uh, what we called the $1 plan, which was uh, cable and telecom companies can attach to our poles uh, in new areas to be served with rural broadband for a dollar per year for six years uh, in order to help promote uh, rural broadband in those areas. Uh, part of what the PSC also uh, included was a two-year report card. Uh, so we'll be coming up uh, next year with a report card back on, you know, how are rural broadband efforts going in the state of Georgia and, uh, you know, will the PSC uh, be Will it be necessary for them to make additional changes uh, to those regulations that uh, that they enacted um, as part of that process? So we're we're continuing to watch that. Um, another issue we're watching is the discussion about solar. Uh, late in the session this year, uh, Senator Jeff Mullis uh, from Northwest Georgia introduced a comprehensive solar bill uh, that impacts how solar is uh, regulated and marketed in the state of Georgia, and we uh, are certainly watching to see what happens with that legislation. Uh, it impacts all of the energy providers, not just the EMCs. Um, you know, we've been through this enough to know that bills, as they're introduced, uh, they hardly ever come out of the legislature exactly the same way as they went in. So uh, we'll be uh, watching it as it comes up uh, in January when the legislature reconvenes and uh, see what the ultimate uh, bill is that comes out from the General Assembly and whether it's something that uh, we can support, uh, whether we can make uh, meaningful changes to it, or whether it's something that that, uh, that we're going to need to uh, oppose. Um, and then at the federal, federal level, we're looking at the federal, the uh, Flexible Financing for Rural America Act. Uh, this would allow co-ops to take advantage of lower interest rates right now uh, by refinancing their existing uh, rural utility service loans, RUS loans. Co-ops can't do that right now without paying pretty severe prepayment penalties. Uh, and so this would allow uh, the, the co-ops nationwide to uh, refinance those loans. Uh, the National Rural uh, Electric Cooperative Association estimates that co-ops could save somewhere in the neighborhood of $10 billion uh, if, if that were to happen. So we're, we're watching that at the federal level. I agree. All of these issues are very important and have the potential to impact our members in some way. And I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Flexible Financing for Rural America Act. It's a very important piece of legislation that would benefit many co-ops who've been impacted by the pandemic. Greg, now that our members are a little bit more informed about our level of political involvement and some of the challenges we're currently facing, could you inform them of some of the organizations we partner with and how they protect the interest of cooperatives like ours and their members? Sure. And and first and foremost, you know, I want to recognize our leadership here at Cowie DeFay at EMC, not only the senior staff, but our board of directors. You know, they take very seriously uh, their job to look after the interests of our members. Uh, they do not hesitate to contact legislators when it's necessary, when there's a critical issue coming up, and uh, we certainly appreciate uh, appreciate them doing that. Um, as far as organizations go, uh, you know, here in Georgia, we've got uh, the Georgia um, Electric Membership Corporation. They have a government relations team, um, and, you know, the, we help them uh, by having, you know, that local 
connection with our elected officials here. Uh, you know, they're they're lobbying on the state and federal level, uh, and we have those relationships with our uh, local delegation members, so we can help supplement what they do. Uh, but they are, uh, you know, at the state capitol every day. The general assembly is meeting throughout the year. They're talking to legislators. They're going to committee meetings, uh, doing everything they can to to represent the best interests of uh, EMCs across the state of Georgia. So uh, they are an invaluable resource to us uh, at the state level uh, and at the federal level. Um, And then specifically at the federal level, we've got the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association, NRECA, uh, and they watch the regulatory process. They watch what goes on in the U.S. House and U.S. Senate uh, to look after the best interests of of electric co-ops across the the nation. Um, And then uh, also at the state level, we've got the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. Uh, EMCs are very involved in what the Georgia Chamber is doing uh, to help promote a a pro-business attitude in the state of Georgia. Uh, And then locally, we've got both the Fayette Chamber of Commerce, the Noonan-Coweta Chamber of Commerce. We're we're active in their committees uh, that focus on government relations, Um, you know, it's from a broader sense. But, um, you know, a lot of times those issues that the local chambers are working on directly impact our members, and uh, we can uh, help provide some assistance to them and uh, uh, as they work on on those issues to help our local communities. Um, And then specifically on economic development, which is important as well, uh, we've got the Georgia Economic Developers Association that uh, we're involved with, and also the National Rural Economic Developers Association. Uh, So those are two great groups that are focused on economic development specifically, but certainly uh, government relations, government affairs is very uh, important and is a big part of what they do. You mentioned economic development in the chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously with your experience both in both areas, could you explain to our members how are they related and how one influences the other? Uh, they are hand in hand. Uh, a company looking to locate in a community or an existing company looking to expand, uh, they want to locate in areas that are um, are growing areas that, um, you know, they, there's a good community image. Um, if, you know, the roads are in poor shape, if the education system's in, in poor poor shape, uh, you know, if the healthcare system's in in, uh, in dire straits, uh, those are areas they're not going to, to uh, locate in. Uh, government needs uh, tax revenue in order to operate. Uh, and having businesses growing and thriving in the community helps provide that, that tax revenue, whether it is uh, sales taxes, property taxes, income taxes. Uh, they need those resources in order to provide for the the good infrastructure, for the roads and bridges, you know, for uh, the education system. So you can't have one without the other. And uh, so I think it's, you know, one of the great things about where we live in in our area uh, is, you know, there is a positive image about our entire service area, uh, about a lot of great things going on. You know, we work very closely with the Fayette County Development Authority, with the Coweta County Development Authority, as they work to attract new business and industry to the area. uh, And also, so to serve those existing companies because, you know, at, at the end of the day, you get more uh, new jobs from existing companies growing and succeeding than you do from uh, new companies locating uh, to an area. Uh, they don't always get the, the big headlines in the newspaper or online uh, that, you know, they've located or they've expanded in the area, uh, but uh, they are providing more jobs than the new companies coming in. And so it's always been one of my goals is to make sure that we take care of the existing companies that we have uh, just as much as we do as we try to go out and get new business to locate. Uh, and the 
the other is if you if you look at um, the factors that companies and consultants look at when they're deciding where to locate facilities, um, you know, Area Development Magazine does a, a survey every year of corporate location uh, consultants and corporate executives, and they ask them, you know, what impacts your decision? Well, in the latest survey that uh, Area Development did of consultants, the top 15 items on that list Ten of them were directly impacted by government uh, regulations, government actions. So uh, government plays an important part in what happens with economic development. And uh, economic development uh, can certainly uh, have a, a positive impact on what happens in a local community. Greg, I appreciate that clarification. Sure. That's a lot of valuable information. One question I'd like to ask all our guests mm-hmm. is, if you could tell our members anything or uh, just provide them with any advice about the co-op, or mm-hmm. what, what would that be? Um, first and foremost is we, I always like to encourage people get involved in the process. You know, get involved in, you know, learning about candidates, learning about issues. Please go out and vote. I mean, that's the way you make your voice known is by going out and, and voting. Uh, not only for, you know, in local elections, state elections, federal elections, but, you know, part of what we are is we're uh, a co-op. Uh, our board of directors is elected by the membership. So, uh, you know, get out and vote uh, whenever you have the opportunity because that is that is the way you make your voice known. Uh, and then learn about issues. Uh, you know, there are a lot of opportunities to, uh, to research issues going on, uh, not only locally, but state, federal, uh, global issues. Uh, you know, take the time to educate yourself. Uh, you know, it's easy these days to, to look and see an article on online on social media and immediately uh, you know, take that as, as the truth. Uh, I've always learned there's two sides to every story. So make sure you, you understand what that is. But uh, number one, I think, is just being educated, being active, being involved. I appreciate that. Sure. That's very true. We should all, you know, not take everything at face value. Do a little bit of research. Exactly. Greg, I just wanted to say thank you for setting aside some time to be a guest on the podcast today. And thank you for informing and providing our members with so much valuable information. Great. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Hi, I'm Jason Sutton, VP of Operations with True Natural Gas, and you just listened to an episode of In the Loop. If you enjoyed it, we ask that you subscribe, rate, and leave a review. In the Loop is available on all major streaming services. Until next time.